All right. Uh, this is uh, from TomYoung.net, and uh, we're doing an interview with Tom Wilson about his uh, GTE, and uh, he's going to tell us about what you know how he found it. I mean, uh, it's it's an interesting story how you found your GTE. Well, it's the closest thing you can get to a barn find, I guess, in Los Angeles, where we don't have any barns. But uh, it was actually it was in the um, uh, backyard of a neighbor's mother. In in, in the LA area, where in, you, in Los Angeles, right. West Los Angeles. And um, I was just at a uh, at a block party, and our neighbors and ours had thrown this block party, and I was talking to this woman, and uh, she had just bought a car. It turned out to be a Prius, but uh, she didn't know what it was. Basically, it was a blue one is all she kind of knew. I have a car. It's a Ferrari. I think. It's, what kind is it? A blue one. Well, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. But she had bought this car, and I started talking to her about what a great car it was and telling her everything. And she goes, oh, you sound like my husband. He loved cars yeah, yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And, and uh, then I said, ah, what I really like are Ferraris and this, that, and the other thing. She goes, oh, that was the best day of my husband's life was the day he got the Ferrari. And you have to say, you know, kind of do that little counting down between yeah. how long is it between you're saying, I'm sorry to hear about your husband right? and, 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 and what and happened to the yeah, car. Everybody's like kind of, oh, oh. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's like, so tell me about the, your husband. I mean, your car. My car. I was the only one who perked up on it. Right. And um, she said, oh, it's in the backyard. And I said, Really? He said, yeah, I probably ought to do something with it. It's kind of sitting out in the backyard. And, and so I asked more about it. She didn't know anything about it. And uh, I except that, you know, her husband had bought it in uh, 1984 and was... Yeah, she knew it was a white one. Yeah, <laughs> it was silver, actually. Silver. And um, she, you know, I figured 1984, it's got to be a 308. You know, that's what right. everybody buys right. in a... Th- she goes, no, it wasn't a 308. It's a 250-something. It's a At which point, I thought, whoa, wait a minute. We've got something going on here, right. 250. I know that number. And uh, so I said, oh, my God, what is it? You know, 250 GTL? Right? Yeah, exactly. What? Come on. O? O? Say o. Somebody says 250. It could be anything. It, it could be, you know, 10 million. It could be a GTO. It could be, no, it wouldn't be a GTO. GTO but it could be a short wheelbase. It could be a Lusso. You got, you got a dream, though. You got a dream. And then she said, no, nah, she goes, it's a, it's a four-seater. And I said, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. And uh, she goes, no, it's a four-seater. And I said, well, okay. Yeah, because you were just learning. You, I was just learning. I didn't know. It, I didn't any, almost anything about about Ferrari at that point. Like not model specific, but you knew 250 was a older Ferrari, right? But and, I, and I knew I knew the Californias. And right. I knew sure, the, sure. I knew sure. Daytonas. Not right off the top of your head, what a four seater Ferrari was about. I had no clue that right. they had made it a four seater that far back. I knew the 400. Right. But that was really about all I right. knew. And uh, but anyway, I figured whatever she's got, I can't afford it. But um, it would just be fun. To be involved, mm-hmm. and I said, "Look, you you can't let the car sit in the backyard. You know, I'll right. tell you what, I'll help you sell this car. Just gonna be fun, not to broker it, but just sure. it'd be fun to get involved sure. with Ferrari guys. And sure. hey, I got a bitching car, and uh, so I did some looking around and uh, discovered I could afford it. <laughs> you know, but right. at the time it wasn't worth much at all." And yeah. did you find this out after you saw the car, or you saw the car pretty quickly, or did it kind of sit for a while, and then you called her back? Or Oh, no. I, I made arrangements to go over. Immediately. Yeah, quite quickly, but uh, obviously not that day. Right. And so that night, I went home, and did got on the Internet, and said, right. son of a gun, there is a four-seater. Right. And what year was That's this? kind of cool. This was in 2001. Okay. And um, I then uh, went over there, and I thought it was just so great, and but I still said I was going to help you sell it, and then I went and talked to my wife, and finally went back and said, I'd like to buy it. I'd really like to buy it. And she got very excited. And it turned out that uh, Tom Shaughnessy 
have been poking around. Mm. And Tom Shaughnessy, God love him, at least he was honest enough to say, I'm going to tear this thing apart and yeah, sell so it for parts. Back in 2001, they were still doing that quite, quite, bit, quite a bit. Right, and if he had, he had uh, played his cards right, he could have kissed up to her and right. bought the car quite a bit cheaper than I bought it for. Right. But he's at least he's honest, you know, and he right. steps up and says exactly what I'm going to do. For it, and this is what I've got in cash, and she said, no, I'm not sure. She was uncomfortable because her husband loved the car so much she right. couldn't see it getting right. torn apart. Right. And so yeah, I'm going to take it, what your husband loved <laughs> and I'm going to chop it up to bits and, and scatter it all over the all world. Yeah. Place and throw away half of yeah, it, by the way. Exactly. Yeah. That's not exactly. Well, good for her. <laughs> Just sell the good parts. So she was really excited when, when I bought it, and uh, she passed away... Um, Earlier this year, oh. and but up until then, boy, we talked about it all the time and That's saw right. it. And she was very excited, and she loves hearing about me coming back here and driving them and all that sort of That's stuff. Great. It's just great. Um, another uh, thing that was neat was um, that uh, when I was growing up, my minister was a fanatic for Rolls Royces. Hmm. And that's his, that's his big deal. And he restored them from ground up, 1920s and 30s Rolls Royces. So I called him up and uh, said, you think this is something I can do? myself. And uh, I said, oh, I don't know, but yeah, maybe. He said, I'm not familiar with that particular car. And, uh, but he said, uh, he said, I probably can. They're, you know, fairly, 60s cars are fairly simple. And he said, let me uh, get a buddy on the line and we'll see what we can do. So he got Phil Hill on the line. <laughs> <laughs> and when I was growing up, uh, we used to go over and ride in the rolls is with the, our minister after church on Sunday mornings. <laughs> And uh, I had four brothers, so we couldn't all fit in the car, so we'd often swing by Phil's, and he'd grab a car of something that he had in the garage, and we'd go bomb around Santa Monica. And Phil said, yeah, so I think you can do it. He said, I wouldn't advise you to try to rebuild the engine. Right. But he said, you the rest know, of it, yeah. 60s brakes are, if you've done brakes on your car before, right. they're still brakes. Right. And you can do all that, so I went for it. That's great. And uh, got the car. But now the car is not in... It, it still had its needs. It probably sat for a while because the time that he stopped using it or driving it, it kind of sat outside and, and, and the interior kind of got worn out and things like that. So you've, you've got a project on your hands. You've, you've started to, uh, to to work on taking it apart and, and, uh, and do all that yeah. stuff, right? Well, having needs is a very diplomatic way of saying <laughs> um, Yeah, it, it baked in the California okay. sun for about 12 years. Right. And uh, just sitting out on blocks. And so, simply put, I mean, all the rubber is gone. Gone. All the leather is gone. Right. And uh, you know it was never drained and everything, so the gas is all turned to jello down below. And mm-hmm. like I've told you, I needed to drop the. Uh, I couldn't get the oil plugs out, and so I had to drop the pan with twelve, 12 quarts. quarts. Well, it had pretty much distilled itself tar, down right? to tar, oh, yeah. and so it was a mess to take that apart. But yeah. I've just been going one piece at a time, and I'm right. doing it in my garage, which is a small one car garage. Right. There's not a lot of room. Right. So I'm, and I not only don't have the room, but I don't have the talent to uh, take the whole car apart like when right. you got yours and put it all in boxes and then remember where to put it back together again. Well, I had guidance, so that's a different <laughs> thing, but uh, still, um, you know, it's, it's still, you, you have to deal with it like a one step at a time, that little bit that, uh, you know, you, you work on one project at a time. You know, if the gas tank needs to be done or the oil pan needs to be done or this or that, you know, it needs to be drained. You yeah. just do what it takes. You know? And that's what I've been doing. I take, you know, one thing off, right. fix it, put it back on again. Right. Take the next thing off, fix it, put it back on again. Right. And at some point uh, in the hopefully near future, I believe, uh, we'll send the engine off to get that done because I can't do that right. one. I certainly 
can't do the leather, although I probably shouldn't say can't because you learned how to do it. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's you nice. just see how you how far you can go. Now, the history on the car, you can I mean, we could go backwards. The, I always found the interesting thing that you told me was just like the guy used his car as a driver. He drove the car, didn't he? I mean, he he had this is part of the family. He took it to the country club, right? Or he took it to. Uh, well, you're, you're mixing up the two no, guys. No, I'm mixing cars. I'm the, no, you're mixing owners. No, that's right. The guy. That's, that's right. I'm okay. the third owner. So of let's the car. go back. Let's go right. to this. So is there a story of the guy who you bought it from, or or you? The interesting story, like I said, was one of the, this car was a country car. You know, like a country, the guy used country, country club, parked at the country club. He used it. Absolutely, that was actually it was kind of fun. So search, finding. tell me the story about searching back the history. Well, first of all, I knew the car was bought from Hollywood Sports Cars in, okay. in, in Los Angeles, so it's never left Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And um, it was I have uh, the fellow's name and I have some certificates of title and stuff before, so I knew where he lived. Mm-hmm. And um, by, I tried to track him down, phone book and Google and all that stuff, and right. absolutely hit a dead end. And uh, so I used my real estate tricks of, you know, voter's registration and right. went out to the house and met the owner of the house and asked if they knew any clue where the previous family was and no. And went around and knocked on all the doors of the neighbors looking for somebody who might have kept track of him mm-hmm. over the years. I did find out that he had, uh, he had passed away in 84, mm-hmm. and that's when the next guy had bought it. So right. obviously the, the wife had unloaded the car at that point right. when he passed away. Right. And... Uh, I just kind of halfway did it for a couple of years, just checking in whenever I thought of it and whenever I was out in the area. And uh, one day I was writing um, a fax to a partner in my company, and it hit me that a guy who owned a Ferrari in Pasadena and had a very nice home probably belonged to the local country club. Oh, yeah, that's smart. Okay. And um, the guy's name was Tyler Gregory, although I didn't know whether it was Tyler Gregory or Gregory Tyler. (laughs) So I put in there, and, and the fellow... Both very I, country club days. Yeah, exactly. Either way, it could go, right? It, very well. And, and on, on, on the certificate, I didn't know how they had listed it. Right. And so I, I wrote in there, and this fellow has been involved in the country club and is Mr. Country Club. Right. And uh, I wrote to him, and I said, uh, by the way, I'm restoring this car, and this guy named Tyler Gregory, or Gregory Tyler, um, owned it. And I was wondering if you had old uh, rosters right, or right. books or anything that might help me... Right. Try to track this down or find somebody who knew the guy. And sent the facts off, and within five minutes, I got a call. And he said, Tom, you can knock me over with a feather. He said, I played golf with Greggy every Saturday morning <laughs> from 1960 to the day he died in 1984. Wow. I played it with him that morning. Wow. And he goes, are you talking about the white car? I said, yeah, the white car. By the way, uh, it's had a respray. Right. It, it came off the line white Bianco, to be exact, and right. uh, with a red leather interior, which is right. very 60s look, yep, and I right. love it. And yeah. Really looking forward to taking it back to that. So anyway, I got to talking to him about Tyler, and uh, it then turned out, since I knew a bunch of other people through the real estate business about, mm-hmm. the, uh, about the country club, I started talking to everybody I could, and Everybody had a Tyler Gregory story. <laughs> Most of them, which you can't repeat here yeah. on the family website like you have. But um, I, I did ask, I said, what did the guy do for a living? And he said, and he said well, Tom, he said, uh, Tyler is what we called a sportsman. <laughs> which meant he was at the country club yeah. about five days a week. Yeah. And uh, he raced motorcycles, which That's is how he, how he died. And um, he raced boats and he... He had a white Ferrari with a red yeah. interior that he went around yeah. in. But he also owned uh, Beverly Hills BMW. Mm-hmm. 
And this is back in the 60s, so it must have been an interesting, right. probably a pretty small sure. business at the time. So I then, about a week later, went over to Beverly Hills BMW and said, is there anybody here from the 70s or 80s that's still working here? Right. And they said, yeah, one of our sales ladies is, is uh-huh. there. <laughs> and um, so I went over and talked, talked to her, and it's like, oh, Tyler, now there, there was a man. And it appeared that... Tyler had cut quite a swath through Beverly Hills BMW. <laughs> Not only was he an owner, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was actively participated right. in the company. That's right. And uh, oh, she talked about bringing the kids in and how they actually lived right around the corner back when and right. how, you know, great family and whatevers and right. all the other things. And uh, then she said, well, I don't know whatever happened, whether they sold that house or what they did, that condo they had around the corner. And he said, oh, what the heck? And she picked up the phone and put on speakerphone. And we right. got information, and sure enough, we got the son wow. on the phone. Mm-hmm. And she was very excited to hear from her, and they got to talking. And then she mentioned me in the car, and he said, oh, really? Uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and uh, I said, yeah, I'm really interested in the car, and what I'm really looking for, I'd love to get a picture of your dad right. with the car. That's uh. what I'd really like. Uh-huh. And I said, do you have any old pictures of him? No. Wow. Okay, uh, do you think they might? No. Hmm. Well, my, maybe I could talk to your... No. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, boy, he was happy to talk about mom, but he was not interested in talking about dad, and that door was slammed in wow. the face very quickly. Wow. Which very might have been why mom unloaded the car so quickly as Possibly. well. Possibly. That's very well. Very well. How old do you think he was when he passed away? Do you, do you, do you, do you I believe he was about 50. Okay, so he wasn't that old at all. No, but he was He was uh, taking one of his... Mo- after playing golf in the yeah, morning, he took, it took his motorcycle ride. up in the hills and... They think he was doing about 100 when he hit a oh, uh, uh, national park truck that oh. was pulling out into the oh. into the road. Oh. So he was uh, he, he he just sounds like he passed in the way he wanted to go, right? You know, right. having right. fun and, and doing whatever. Now that's what's great about these cars. I mean, you know, there's stories all around to to the second, third, fourth owners or us or whatever it is. But you know, I love the early stories because you know anybody who walked into a dealership to buy a new Ferrari. Or, or owned a Ferrari when they were, you know, relatively not. I mean, anybody owned them, but yet, you know, you had to really go out of your way to get one, and and uh, and you, it wasn't cheap to, to buy one of those things back then. You know, um, when when they were brand new, and uh, yeah, and, and that's that's what's great. There's some really interesting stories, and it, and it wasn't normal. Everybody rode Fords right. or Chevys, right. and well, that. And your and family if, was And if a something Ford. happened to it, who was going to fix it? Right. I mean, no one knew how to fix them, so it really yeah. took some. Conviction for you to say, I'm going to ride, drive a Ferrari, and the other thing with this guy, driving it to the country club every day. Like, just used it as, that's my car. You that know? is. It's, it's, it took some, you know, so there's always a great story behind that. Yeah, but I also think um, when you talk about uh, you, who was going to fix it, I think people knew more about fixing cars those days. Possibly, yeah. You know, in 1963, yeah. cars still needed sure. Sure. fixing on a regular right. basis. I mean, right. look at our owner's manual. It sure. tells you how to do a valve job in the Right. Owner's manual that right. comes in the thing. Right. And, uh, and a lot people more people then did did valve jobs on regular cars, and, and they did know how to tune carburetors, and they did know how to do point ignitions and things like that. Exactly. So there was a knowledge base, and they did do it. You're right. But I mean, uh, if, you, if you blew the engine, yeah, it's still parts, a sophisticated yeah, guy to do it. FAF, or you got to find somebody. Or, right. You know, but at the time, I think I know people worked on it because the second guy who owned the car never took it to a mechanic. Right. I mean, he had a friend who was a mechanic who turned him on to the car. Right. But they just did it in the backyard because right. it was fun. Right. And again, he did it, used it as a daily driver up yeah. until when he passed away in the uh, early 90s. And uh, he just took it to work. But he was more the kind, as I found out as I dig through the car, 
that if a gauge failed, he just cut the wires and moved on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's unfortunate. <laughs> said, well, no, it's put the wires back together again. Yeah, you just do. Right. Off you go. And, it's, and the, usually it wasn't too big a deal. As you know, the electrical right. in the car is ultimately simple. It's just a wire going from here to there. But yeah. there's a lot of places for error in the yeah. middle. Yeah. A lot of strange connections. Scary, yeah, that's the scary part is when they start cutting wires and they don't label anything. And also now you've got to decipher what the guy was saying. When he said, oh, just bypass this wire and run it to there. Well, when you remember that that's what you did, but then all of a sudden when it breaks for the third time, right. you know, and now it's in your hands with no manual to what the guy did, and now all you look underneath there, and there's just wires going all over the place with no diagram to, you know, and the only diagram is the factory diagram, which doesn't tell you much to begin with, and then you got to... And has a lot of errors in it, sure. by the way, and sure. one that comes in the manual has some errors. Yeah. And because um, so I've been going through it, the electrical had something I can figure out. Mm-hmm. And also the connections are not very yeah. good, and they probably vibrated yeah. loose from time to time, and that was probably more of the problem with the gauge yeah. was more the wiring yeah. uh, generally. Than well, I, you yeah. know, good luck with the car. I mean, I think the other thing you're doing now is you've got this website that you're trying to put a lot of this documentation on there, which is that it's 250gte.com. Correct. And, um, you know, that's like in its infancy, and you can read about Tom's, like, uh, you know, he's trying to blog a little bit, kind of like what I did on my site. And, um, you know, so it's, it's exciting. I mean, it's like as, as you're doing what I've started eight years ago, which is like, you know, or, or you know, you're starting this whole process of restoring that little bit at a time. And, and it's, it's kind of like the same place I was. And now I have a finished car, and I'm looking forward to the day that your car is finished, and you can look right. back, and your website has a little following of people that are going to look at all this stuff. So it's exciting. So Well, we just got out of Tom's car and yeah. driving it around yeah, here so, in New so, York, and it's beautiful, and, and it gives me something to look forward that's to. That's right. So definitely good luck with the car, good luck with the site, and uh, everybody else can join us and, and follow along and see what happens. Yeah, see what happens. <laughs> Great. All right. Thanks, Tom.